Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information, you can visit the Cinema Catch-Up Club's official Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Or you can visit our website, thoughtjarproductions.com. This podcast is available on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we would really appreciate your subscriptions there, so pick your service of choice. For more information about this and other podcasts we produce, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. This week... We're reviewing Iron Man. That's right, we're reviewing the first of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films in honour of its 10th anniversary, but also because there's a little thing called Avengers Infinity War coming up. So we figured we'd go back to where it started, cinematically speaking, because we don't count the Eric Banner Hulk movie. Uh, which... Not just Eric Banner, there were two. Oh, sorry, was... not um, Eric Banner. Uh, no, Edward... no, there was Eric Banner. Yeah. There was also Edward Norton. Edward Norton. That's the yeah. one I'm thinking of, which is technically... Uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a sec. <laughs> anyway, joining me to review uh, Iron Man, we have, as always, someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it's Aaron Vanderclay, everybody. Hello. Yay. It's no, been a while. It has. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 2018. Thank it, you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's only like, what, like 15 weeks in or whatever? Um, <laughs> Feels like... Yesterday. Yeah. Um, so just a reminder for the folks at home, who are you, Aaron, and what do you do? Uh, well, my name is Aaron, and I'm a freelance filmmaker, um, and that's what I do. And surprisingly enough, always haven't seen a film uh, on these podcasts, mm. so I don't know what that says about my film degree. I mean, you, you, you have seen films, right? Oh, or maybe you, one or two. You or are you, aware yeah. of the concept. Yeah. Well, he makes yes. them. He I makes them, yeah. but I don't watch them. <laughs> Yeah, very, very classic Hollywood type. Um, so Iron Man. Yes. Uh, you have not seen Iron Man. Have you Have you seen any of the Marvel films? <laughs> um, I have seen the first and second Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yep. And I have seen the Andrew Garfield, Emma Stone Spider-Man films, mm-hmm. both of them. Uh, mainly because I just really like Spider-Man, apparently. Okay. Um, just got a fetish for it. <laughs> Must be the same, I don't know. Anyway, but apart from that, I have not seen any Marvel films. Okay. So I know nothing. What is this Marvel? Well, uh, for... Th- marvellous. <laughs> uh, well, joining us with the jokes over there, it is <laughs> Katrina Johnston, everybody. Hi, Stephen. I need to shoot myself now because <laughs> that pun... <laughs> It, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. It just wasn't great. Um, I appreciate you, you've it. been rubbing up on rubbing rubbing up. Sorry, mm-hmm. rubbing off on me. We weren't going to tell people <laughs> about that. Um, who are you, Katrina, and what do you do? Well, someone who makes terrible jokes, apparently. <laughs> um, no, I'm a second year lighting student, and and yeah, I think that's I think that's about it. And yeah, I do tech stuff and all things theatre. Um, and that's through uh, Whopper. Yes, that is through Whopper. So we- you basically go to school with Hugh Jackman. That's that's how it works, right? We've discussed this, Stephen. I know. He doesn't live there. Okay, I'm just assuming- Although there is still some staff members who remember Hugh Jackman. Ooh, Hugh wow. Jackman, no, actually, to be fair, Hugh Jackman didn't even, when he was there, the buildings that we have now weren't even there. Well, that's because he played Wolverine, and Wolverine's like 100 years old, so... <laughs> no. That's not how it works? <laughs> no. Okay. Iron Man. 
Um, you have yes. seen Iron Man. Um, yes. When, when did you last see Iron Man? I can't remember. I actually, it was interesting. I had this moment of, did I see that movie with my current boyfriend or my ex-boyfriend? Mm. Um, which is, which you know, because pe- you use those sort of things to place things within the timeline of yeah. your life. Mm. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I've seen it with my ex. And then I checked the date and I'm like, nope, nope. <laughs> Saw it with the current. It was wow. in the changeover period. Some, some good memories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it actually took me a little while to remember... So I was going through and thinking, oh, what actually happens in that first one? I was going, oh, yeah, this happens. I'm like, no, wait, that's the first Avengers. And, mm. and oh, maybe it's this This happens. I'm like, no, that's the second one. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it is slightly tricky in that respect yeah. because the character of Iron Man has been in so many of these Marvel films. Mm. Okay. Um, and, yeah, this was essentially the... This was the first uh, Marvel film in the... I suppose what's considered like the Marvel Cinematic Universe in that it was actually made by... Marvel Studios, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because those Spider-Man films which you mentioned were all Sony so, products, yeah. and, um, it's a, and it's a, I think it's one of the first ones of their like twenty-year plan hmm. that they had. All right, so it was all laid out. Yeah, wow. yeah, and it still is. Yeah. Um, it's officially Chapter One of Phase One, uh, right. is how it's phrased. So, uh, yeah, and it's where we're introduced to Iron Man, who hmm. has appeared in obviously the Avengers films, is due to appear in the next Avengers film, has appeared in three standalone Iron Man films and has made the odd appearance here and there in some of the other ones as well as mm. they tend to do in the Marvel okay. Cinematic yeah. Universe where they pop up in each other's films um, and it's really it's the film that, that brought back Robert Downey Jr. as, as a big star yeah um, and in many ways um, he might be uniquely suited to playing um, mm. Iron Man and yes. I don't really want to say too much more until until you've seen it Aaron. Okay. Yeah. but yeah it is it is really fascinating going back and looking at it. I hadn't seen any of the Marvel films until about 18 months ago. Um, I just missed them. And then I went, uh, I'm going to have to start watching these watching, films. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you could like Netflix binge them all. Like, oh, you could. Well, you can. It's a I, massive series. <laughs> I've uh, frequently with my um, uh, partner and, and some friends of ours, we, we'll get together and just watch three in a row. Um, yeah, it's a good, if it's, you know, you've got seven hours free, great. Here we yeah. go. Have a, have a fun <laughs> night. Okay. Um, and speaking of having a fun night, shall we jump into it and watch the film? Let's do yes. it. Okay, everybody. For those of you uh, listening at home, pop in your DVDs and get Jarvis to warm up a hot drink for you as we prepare to watch Iron Man. And welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Iron Man. And by we, I, of course, mean Katrina. Hello. And Aaron. Hello. So, Aaron, that was your first time watching Iron Man, and indeed, any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is true. What did you think? It was really entertaining. Like, it's a... I was thinking, like, it's not like a dirty action film, but it's like a... Like it's a it keeps moving. Like, it's a pretty, like, you know... Entertaining, it's family action. friendly. Yeah. beating up. Mm. Yeah, and there's like a lot of there's a lot of humor in it, and it's like it, it it's dramatic, but it's not serious. Like it's mm. doesn't take itself too seriously. Like you know, there's a lot of jokes and things mm. like that, and it's light hearted at times, but then it can be really like dramatic and actiony. Yeah, and talking about the issues of um, yeah third world gun running, pretty much committed mm. by first world countries yeah, it, so it's got something for the whole family in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah it really does it does feel though um because this film is is 10 years old um when i watched it a couple of years ago i was like oh it's it's not 
aged too much, it does feel like it's 10 years old at this point, uh, which is, for at least my mm. viewing, I, I felt that just little things, little details, I'm like, you would do this very differently now. Yeah, it's um, representative but, of the world of his time. I yeah, it was very much a George W. Bush is still the president of the United States type film. Mm. My um, space is still something that people use. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that was, that was really uh, the thing I think that dates it the most, yeah. aside from the fact that all the... Um, the insurgents have handy cams as opposed to using mobile phones and indeed the mobile phones themselves. Mm. Um, this little flip phone where it like yeah. slides up and then turns sideways. Yeah. yeah. It was cool, yeah. but yeah. I'm afraid it's slightly out of date. But but it still, you know, it was set in that time period. So it's a period piece now, I guess. Uh, <laughs> on reflection. Those period costumes of leather. Yeah. <laughs> Jackets, lovely. Mm. Um, but, but it was entertaining. Like you, you found yourself enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that's good because yeah, I I found the first time I watched it um, about a year or two ago, I was like, oh no, this is this is all right. This yeah. is you know, I, I think it was a similar feeling I had of like, okay, it's not like The Dark Knight, which is the best superhero film ever made, but it's yeah. um it's it's still a good entertaining film. Yeah. It's that's, yeah. At times, like it's quite tropey. Like there are certain things in it where you're like, okay, yeah, mm. this is a typical superhero film. Like you know, with the um where. Sh- the female character keeps his like first little device, which is then used at the end. Like it was a very well. The like... fact that she is a romantic interest. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. that in itself is a trope, and that in fact that he goes and rescues rescues her. her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's the key to keeping it all together yeah. and to finally defeating the, the and villain. And that, that thing at the end where it's, she's like, "I can't do that," and he's like, "Yes, you can." Mm. Like it's very yeah. True, mm. but I also feel. I mean, one that's a. Uh, a hangover from the comics, which are even older than the film, yeah. obviously. But two, I, I think it's just a hangover from action films yeah. in general. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it does feel very tropey. But no. on, on the other on the other hand, just to jump straight into the relationship between mm. Pepper Potts and Tony Stark, I because they are r- romantically involved characters as as in in the comic books mm. and and indeed in the, in the in these um, films, but they're. It it's sort of you know it's hinted at where it's like Ooh, yeah. you two like each other but I also really like that at the end when he's like trying to have that romantic moment and she brings up the fact that he abandons her yeah uh, and she, he's just like oh yeah that was that was bad yeah. behavior yeah. she keeps him in check yeah. that is one thing that I think is her saving grace and mm. to sort of uh, come back round to the first film I reviewed with you mm-hmm. um, Spider Man and how much Mary Jane annoyed me yeah um, although. Pepper, I think, has some of those same issues. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's much more ballsy. She 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 is witty enough to match or better Tony. Mm. Yeah. And although she doesn't have his technical knowledge, she has just she has her own arsenal of of skills. Yeah. And. I mean, I, I suppose, I mean, if, if Scott McArdle were here, he'd be going, Mary Jane in the comics is much better than I the know. one in the film. Oh, my God. But but um, I think this was this was a pretty good... Uh, uh, it was a pretty good relationship, I, yeah. I felt. It was... I mean, obviously, it could be better. And indeed, there are other films where they explore uh, mm. those characters and um, we, we see Pepper get more involved in a lot of respects. But it, it did feel quite like just a stereotypical... The long suffering assistant, uh, to, yeah. to an extent, yeah. But even but it, it sort of fit in with the feeling of the whole film, yeah. Of yeah. that this yeah. is 
reasonably stereotypical. The bad guys were bold. Uh, you know, the, the, good, <laughs> the good guy... Um, and oh, had hooked noses. I think both of them had very large some noses. Some mighty noses in yeah. this yeah. film. Yeah, yeah impressive. Um, it was, I mean, you know, that's what you need when you're taking yeah. on there the, the devilish good looks of Robert Downey Jr. You need a big nose to look down on the world and, mm. and think about how you're going to conquer it. Like a mighty beak. Yeah. <laughs> and the world is a egg you're going to crack open um <laughs> but yeah the the um it, it, it was very tropey but it was tropey that was done well i, I feel yeah. as though like there have been films with similar premises that are that are executed much more poorly and yeah. i also think that the, the social commentary of, of the um having a character who is a weapons manufacturer mm. and starts the film as being really unlikable um and ends the film being still a jerk yeah. but there's just something about him that's a bit just more like of a you have to laugh about. Yeah, jerk. yeah. I would say it's and it's interesting having uh, for for me. I'm I'm still not watched all the Marvel films, but I'm up to Civil War, which is um, a couple mm. of years ago. So Tony's character progression up to that film, which yeah. is like six or seven films in for him at this point, um, and you, you see that by this point, by the time we get to something like Civil War, he is just become so much more responsible he's matured mm. so much as a character it was really interesting coming back and seeing this first film in the first 10 minutes you're like you're just a big old jerk face yeah. you're just a big old jerk <laughs> and like the thing um where he's on the plane with roadie and he gets him drunk and the stewardesses are dancing and uh, you made a comment katrina yeah i was like this feels a bit uncomfortable in a post harvey weinstein world i think the thing that did it for me was the uh hydraulic stripper pole which came <laughs> yeah. up yeah which is where is that being stored like that's what i want hey it could it could like collapse it's, it's a ratchet yeah not not ratcheting isn't the right term but it, yeah it's a collapsible like you know the toy lightsabers that you get yeah that sort of go like just plonk down in yeah. Into themselves yeah. like that. Okay. If, if it's if it's made like that, though, it would not be a great stripper pole because there would be a lot of like yeah, it, joints it's nice. it to look quite catch smooth. So that's, that's... I mean, clearly, we're dealing with the most important bits of yeah. the film, which yeah. is uh, we, we. I mean, Sorry. you know, where we... you store the strip pole. Yeah. I actually forgot um, a li- bits about this film, though. Like um, the, the the opening being mm. um, quite effective in that we yeah. see Tony uh, with American soldiers. He's out in Afghanistan, and mm. they're in a convoy. And he's, you know, be- being Tony Stark and just hanging out with these soldiers. And, you know, he's like being one of a the bit boys. of a shambolic rock star. Yeah, essentially. Mm. You know, they're listening to ACDC. And then about two minutes in, they get attacked by yeah. um, the Ten Rings, by these insurgents. And um, we see the soldiers that he was with get killed. We see Tony. Um, Very quickly as well. Yeah. And it was, it was, I felt it was quite, um, it was quite devastating. Because mm. you'd only just met these characters, but Tony was already like bonding with them a little bit. Even though he maybe didn't really care that much about them. He was still like, yeah, put it on your MySpace page, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then they just get decimated. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, that's, that's unpleasant. Um, mm. But then it obviously feeds into what Tony has this three month long experience where he's like, I was bad. Oh, I thought I was doing something good. Oh no, but I'm not. I'm just, I've made this so much worse by making these weapons. Yeah. It's a very um, impactful start to the film. Hmm. I I don't know. Did you agree with that? Yeah, I think, and I'm trying to remember, but I think that's probably the only few times where you actually see like people like, like die. Like, Hmm. Like, there's a bit where... Like, you um, see their bodies slump. Yeah. Kind of thing. I think, at the start. Because even when the, like, glass shatters and you see, like, the bullet hole and someone, like, gets sort of thrown mm. to the floor. Like, I think yeah. that, like, that impact of seeing that right yeah. at the start is, like... I think it's also because that death is 
realistic to where yeah. as opposed to when he's in the suit uh, when he first like breaks out and he's yeah. just punching people with his yeah. rocket gloves or whatever it is it's kind of like okay he's well, setting people on fire with yeah. his like barbecue style yeah. flamethrower and that's just, but that but yeah the way the way that that is shot is to make you go look how cool iron man yeah. is yeah. as opposed to look at this mass murdering robot that he's built i guess yeah. um yeah. Where, where's your right those 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 deaths, like when the um, the soldier who he was talking about the MySpace page with tells him to stay down, and he see that him get shot presumably by a shotgun, yeah, because mm. all the bullet holes suddenly appear in the car, yeah. um, mm. is is very effective. Yeah, it's very confronting. Mm. But yeah. I think that's like in all those sequences, I'm not sure whether it just comes across like there's no like grade on the film, like there's no color grade, like it feels very like natural like mm. it's like we could be watching a documentary like it's all yeah, like say, one shot I'd say that's that's the idea yeah and also i've just i've just recently been learning about <laughs> color theory in my <laughs> lighting classes Do tell. um well yeah i've been learning about color theory and one of the things our lecturer brought up is film in particular goes through these stages where we like particular colors in the 80s it was what he called fruit bowl <laughs> so you get lots of saturated color all the time and then and for a while we're now apparently going into pink like a magenta and steel um color phase and before around the late 90s early 2000s went for a um like a a sickly green fluoro blue kind yeah. of face which is very like matrixy yeah. from memory and this one was coming into a cyan and magenta mm-hmm. so still some saturated colors but still unnatural yeah 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 even in the bit where they're building like the, the mm. first suit like that's that's yeah. the color scheme of that whole thing it's very green very blue mm. Mm. yeah and yeah. it's it's effective and you know we see tony get um, we see one of his own missiles land next to him and he's yeah. like, oh, irony. And then it blows up on him uh, and he's got shrapnel in his yeah. chest even though he's wearing uh, a bulletproof vest. That, that moment reminded me of a comment that my boyfriend made when he saw it. And he goes, I'm, I'm just warning you now, Stephen, I'm going to swear. Okay, yeah. I'll get I'll get that button ready. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you know you're f- when the missile's got your name on it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, yeah, no, too true. Um, yeah. And so he's he's captured. He's captured by these insurgents, which we discover are the Ten Rings. Um, which, for fans of the Iron Man comic, they know that's the organization of the the Mandarin, who's one of our, is like Iron Man's arch nemesis. The uh, Mandarin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the Mandarin doesn't turn up in this film. Um, yeah. You which, see him in movie three. Yeah, he eventually turns up then. But um, in this film, it's just more a connection to the Ten Rings. Um, right. the, the first part of this film is we is seeing Iron Man, it's, it's not Iron Man yet, seeing Tony Stark. Yeah, it's the origin story. Yeah, it's the origin mm. story. And like all origin stories, it just seems a bit long. <laughs> um, I, at least that, that was my impression. Yeah, I again. thought that as well. Like halfway through, I was like, we haven't got to the, the sort of conflict of the story yet. Yeah. It's internal conflict, <laughs> yeah. Aaron? Mm. Well, yeah. internal or not, it was long. I mean, yeah. this, this, this did feel a lot longer than I remember it. I disagree. I it it I don't remember it being a particularly long film and I didn't really feel the length. Okay. Um I have a feeling that if I watched it like next week, I probably would have. Okay. So How long has it been since you watched it? Was it when it, when it first came out? Or I don't know. Okay. I don't think I watched it straight out. Um and it's not something that i have on regular rotation i don't think this is this 
there isn't that much rewatchability in it. Mm. Like uh, there are yeah. there are movies and shows that I will constantly watch. I can possibly recite word for word some episodes of Mash because oh. I've rewatched it that many times. The chicken was a oh no <laughs> baby. Oh, that episode! <laughs> the most horrific episode. And you couldn't quote it. <laughs> Last season, so I haven't watched that Fair much enough. of it. So. <laughs> Just so you know, Aaron, that is the episode where Hawkeye reveals that he's had to witness a mother kill her child mm. to prevent them being discovered mm. by um, North Korean soldiers. This was one of America's favourite sitcoms. I was going to say, Masha Comedy? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. Um, this, where is was not, I? this is not <laughs> yeah, a film you would yeah, watch it's on high not, it's, Yeah, it's not. No, I think that's fair. Films. I mean, it was. It, it's perfectly okay. I mean, it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a decent origin story. You know, we see. Uh, the resourcefulness of Tony. It's not Wolverine. Oh, wait, wait what was Wolverine's... Or, yeah, Wolverine Origins. Wolverine Origins, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was horrendous. That was a bit of a stinker. Um, yeah. Yeah, this, this one's not too bad. And, you know, it shows the resourceful side of Tony Stark. You know, mm. we see... We, we get his backstory in our lovely slideshow, which I think is a pretty good way to burn yeah. through some of that, where it's like, Tony Stark is receiving this award. Here's his backstory in 60 seconds. Um, <laughs> baby photos, everything. Yeah, yeah, baby photos of actual Robert Downey Jr. Um, yeah, which I was like, oh, that's nice. Um, but yes, he he doesn't turn up for the awards, though, because he's in the casino being a player. You know, he's yeah. like pl- rolling the dice. He meets a journalist who questions him about war atrocities, and he ends up uh, banging her with about yeah. a minute later. Yeah, because journalistic actress? integrity is great. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that was oh, that was a Leslie Bibb, by the okay. way. I recognize she, her from somewhere. Yeah, but, she's, she's like, Wait, she's popped up in a couple of different things. Don't ask me what, but I've, I've seen her in something yeah. as well. She's a very familiar face. Um, yes, well, she gets very familiar with Tony. Uh, and then we see the next morning her waking up in Tony's Malibu house, which is, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I forgot, it was like, oh, yeah, this this thing's like, um, it's a setting for all three of the standalone yeah. Iron Man films. And it's like, they give it a nice big reveal and it's like showing that this is a pretty sweet house, you know, like mm. ultimate bachelor den type thing. It looks huge, you know, mm. being on the outside, but on the inside, really, it seems it comes across as quite tiny. Yeah. I mean, I guess we don't see too much, but we really yeah. just see like the main sitting area. And the basement. And the basement. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that that's about it in this film. Um, yeah. so- is it a real house? Do we know if it's like a real exterior? I don't think so. I think it might actually be based on a very famous um, house, which was like done by a really famous architect, because the the hanging off the cliff in particular right. is mm. is um, sticks in my mind. But I could be wrong. Yeah, because that shot where like the camera pulls back as she mm. looks out the window, like that was pretty seamless. Like it, no. I believed it. I was like. Wait, yeah. what? <laughs> which which was good considering there were some green screen moments that yeah. I was like, ooh, yep. ooh, ooh. Sure That's why we use black, <laughs> mainly black backgrounds when we do green screen. <laughs> um, but yes, we have. Um, so we're introduced to that. We're introduced to Pepper as well, where she mm. says, yes, I do lots of things to Mr. Stark, including taking yeah, out the, the trash. trash. Talk about some slut shaming from Pepper. Yeah. Mm. But that could be, you know, like an underlying jealousy thing. Yeah, because we, yeah, it is established that she is kind of attracted to Tony. Mm. Not enough to have done anything about it at this point, because he's essentially a giant child. But yeah, but still, there's probably like a little bit of it that's like. "Mm." Well, I think I think she's she is the practical one as we see throughout the films. Yeah, I mean, she's the practical one in the relationship, and she'd be like, yeah, she she slut shamed the journalist whilst giving her her dry clean clothes. (laughs) It's like I'm judging you, but have your clothes. Very, they're all clean. I'm judging but. you, but 
drive safely yes um and uh yeah so we're introduced to this we see what tony's world's like he's uh you know he's supposed to be flying out to do a weapons demonstration he's three hours late stripper pole on the plane he gets to (laughs) afghanistan we see the um the demonstration of the jericho a missile full of little Mm. missiles that all explode and it's and his whole philosophy on why he thinks he's right yeah essentially saying yeah you can maintain peace if you've got the biggest stick and you know very much saying that he was influenced by his father as well Mm. um howard stark yeah because it is a very because iron man as far as i'm aware didn't predate world war ii in terms of the comic whereas captain america did and in i think in the comparison between those two you see how the how americans changed their view it's slightly um of of their place in the world and how they how they manage the world like Mm. captain america is a i'm protecting america and that's all i'm going to do but whereas stark is like no we're going out into the world and we're going to have a big stick walk (laughs) quiet carry a big stick yeah uh, captain america first appeared in 1941 and iron man first appeared in 1963 so Mm. they're 20 years apart in terms of their origin stories and yeah uh, tony stark feels very much more cold war era yeah um with that uh you've got to have the biggest stick you've got to have the more nuclear mm. weapons that that sort of thing um and then we cut back in we see the acdc driving sequence all the soldiers get killed he's captured and now he's trapped in a in a subterranean lair with these insurgents and they're there saying you need to build us our own jericho missile and he goes no and then they try and drown him and he goes okay i've changed my mind i'll uh build you a missile nudge mm. nudge and wink wink uh what he actually does with um, the help of dr yinson who uh, has also stopped him dying by putting a car battery in his chest basically oh. how that worked mm. it's <laughs> okay because it, he's put an electromagnet yeah in his i oh, know i mean like how, where he got those resources to do that and perform the operation oh. That's... well they had all the start weaponry it's presumably yeah. they, they've just been picking it apart and going huh this thing uh this will be useful this is an electromagnet which means it can stop shrapnel traveling places or it's just like that well, is a use they figured it's, out it's reasonably it. easy to make an electromagnet all yeah. you need is a magnet a coil of copper wire and an electrical source. Katrina's secretly Iron Man. I see. No, I have to do electronics for my course. Uh, okay, all lighting designers are going to be <laughs> turning out to be Iron Man. Um, but yeah, so anyway, the point is they have this thing hooked up to a car battery and Dr. Hinton's like, yeah, don't take that off because you'll die. Also, they want us to build a missile. And so Stark goes, oh, I'll give them a missile. And by missile, I mean awesome armor suit. And mm-hmm. they start secretly building the... Um, essentially just like a a, prototype. a prototype of what would become the iron man suit but it's basically just being designed so that he's like we can get mm. out of here um we see this giant medieval suit of armor thing they get it powered up uh Yinsen has to sacrifice himself in order that they have enough time for the suit to be activated um but it's okay because his family were dead so that's fine and it's okay because he's a person of color yeah well they didn't say that they did they did set it up <laughs> yeah, with the yeah. his family is dead and he doesn't he didn't anticipate surviving yeah. um but you are also right there is that as well where it's kind of like Ooh. i was waiting for him to like betray tony at some really? point really Just, that's what i thought was coming he was bold and no he still had some hair ah that's yeah. why he didn't betray him if mm. he'd if he'd lost the stuff on the side then yeah he would yeah. have been like not nah, evil yeah but yeah yeah. but it was sad at the end it, was sad. it was sad it was yeah, he was a good character yeah. no actually just going back to jensen because you were saying 
uh, where did he get all this stuff? I'm more wondering how the hell does he know how to do surgery? Like That's obviously, what I mean. That's obviously what I'm he was talking about he'd been to a conference, so mm. he at least know electronics. Yeah. I'm like, how the hell does he know surgery? The human body is kind of just like a circuit board. You just got to put maybe the right wires in open. the place. Just, just... I think you need to go talk to Carmen Dolly and and check about that because I think she would highly disagree with you. Okay. Well, we'll get you both on and we'll do, try and do a live surgery. <laughs> And uh, that's if we get to a certain Operation. Patron. Yeah. <laughs> Don't touch the sides. Uh, yeah, but Iron Man manages to build the suit and just about get out of there whilst mm. massacring a whole bunch of um, insurgents and yeah. uh, escapes into the desert and is rescued by his good friend Rhodey, um, played by uh, Terrence Howard, who is definitely going to keep that character role and play them in all the subsequent films. Don Cheadle. Um, <laughs> but yes. Wait, he's much better. Yeah, they replaced uh, the actor who because Rhodey appears in subsequent films, but yeah. he's played by um, Don Cheadle. Yeah. Oh, um, I didn't think he was that bad. When they Compared to Don Cheadle. He Don Cheadle's Don, okay. Don Cheadle's yeah. so much better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, we have uh, Rhodey version one. Mm. And he help, he had, finds Tony in the desert. They get him back to America. And it's like, great. Uh, everything's going to be great. We see uh, Tony's business partner, uh, Obadiah Stone, uh, played by Jeff Bridges, who's managed to... Essentially, he's got the reverse Lebowski. He's taken all the hair off the top of his head and <laughs> yeah. grown it out into a beard. Um, and he's there going, great, ready to make more weapons. And Tony goes, about that. And then in a press conference, basically way. just says, I'm just shutting down the weapons side of, of Stark Industries because mm. I'm, I'm, I'm a changed person yeah. and this causes chaos. The historian in me wonders if that plot line, because I'm pretty sure it's, it's within the original comic plot line, mm. I'm assuming here, um, Wonders if that was inspired by a true story. Like, um, what's his name? Man who, Nobel, who, who the, Alfred Nobel, oh, who, yes. who was um, known for developing dynamite. Mm. And then went on to create the Nobel Peace Prize to yes. try and encourage better behaviour. Yes, and also to try and, well, this is a bit of a historical myth, but I think it, I think it applies in this way, in this sense. Um, was also trying to foster a better legacy for himself. Mm. So when people thought Nobel, they didn't just think mass murder. Yeah. Um, they thought about the Peace Prize and about scientific achievement and things like that. Mm. Um, Potentially, and I, I yeah. And yeah. I think and I think there are several different stories of uh, the Winchester family comes comes to mind as well. The ones um, that fight ghosts. N- no. Oh, the, not the supernatural brothers. No, no, oh, okay. the the real life ones. Oh, okay, never mind. Um, and yeah, families who who went into weapons development in various forms and lived to regret it, mm. lived to see their their life's work mean that they're remembered for murder and mayhem. Yeah, I think there's certainly a bit of that. I mean, you look at how uh, Robert Downey Jr. developed that character. Mm. He, he also uh, heavily based it on um, he heavily based his interpretation of Tony on uh, Elon Musk. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I but didn't know Elon Musk was like. I've I've only been aware of Elon Musk very recently. Uh, Musk Musk was already uh, very famous and well known for like starting to push into develop. Well, he he was already he'd already developed developed the Tesla cars because mm. in Tony's um, garage of cars, one of them is a Tesla, the first Tesla, ah. which hadn't been released to the public yet. Oh. Um, and in fact, Elon Musk appears as himself in the second Iron Man film. 
he's oh, at a party I'm and he says, have to re-watch that. they say hi to each other. It's like, oh, hey, Tony, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, because in my my reading before I came here, yeah, they had a Robert Downey Jr. was invited on a tour to SpaceX. Mm. And, Look how um, prepared he is. Yeah. Such a yeah. good guest. And, and he said that um, they'd be drinking buddies, like their characters, all their mm. Tony Stark would be drinking buddy. Yeah, mm. they it would Musk, be. So. They'd get drunk and like, be like, hey, let's just go down to the shed <laughs> and build something. I wonder if Elon and Musk's, see what we build. If Elon Musk's Tesla plane has a stripper pole in it, that's what I'm thinking. Maybe yeah. he did make a flamethrower. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, I know those are those are comparable. <laughs> yeah, completely. Yeah, both uh, hot items. Um, <laughs> Boomtish. So. Um, Obadiah Stone is like, Tony, 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 calm your farm, okay? We can't stop making weapons. And he's like, no, 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 we're going to stop it. So this means that Obadiah is like, well, the business has lost like 56 and a half points and this is bad. Mm. And um, he's like, just just take some time off. Just mm. take a bit of the break. I'll try and keep the board off your back. But secretly, he's trying to get Tony ousted. And we discover he actually tried yeah. to get Tony killed in Afghanistan yeah. as, mm. as this goes on. Um, it... it, it which, were you surprised by yeah, him, Yeah, that, that, that's what I was going to ask, is did at any point you see Obadiah Stone and go, he seems like he's not going to betray anyone? No, I thought, I want, like, trope-wise, I think, like, the mentor that turns out to be the bad guy in the end. Like, I, that was something that was in my mind, but once, mm. like, there was the reveal that he actually did like pay him off to, to kill Tony, mm. I was like, that makes sense. I like, have a feeling also in, like, an... Yeah, I don't know if it's in a deleted scene or maybe if it's in one of the other movies that there is the suggestion that Obadiah had something to do with uh, Tony's parents' deaths. I think that was in like an older draft of the script oh, and yeah. they threw it out. Um, I mean, they, they did so many different drafts. In one yeah. of the early versions, um, Howard Stark was going to be the bad guy. So like, he was still going to be alive um, and essentially be in the Obadiah yeah. Stone role. Um, and there was also oh, plans where Obadiah Stone was going to be a bigger villain across the trilogy. Across the, oh, yeah. And we weren't going to get the development of him into the Ironmonger until the second film. Hmm. Uh, but, Is that what he's called? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. the Ironmonger. Right. It's yeah. not really stated. He does at one point stay the fact, you know, when they talk about, we're weaponsmiths, we're Ironmongers. It's like it's layered yeah. in. I mean, to be honest, I, I kind of like that. I like that mm. it's not like... Um, oh, we're being super obvious. And, you know, like, t- Tony doesn't really ha- know his superhero identity until the newspaper calls him Iron Man at the end of the film. Yeah. And he goes, I like it. I mean, it's not technically true, but I like it. Mm. That kind of thing. Uh, but yes, uh, that character, the, the, the big alter ego, was um, the Iron Monger. Um, yeah, so this this goes for a few different changes. We're also introduced to the character of Agent Coulson, who is the uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, agent. Yeah. What did you think of Coulson, Aaron? I thought it was fine, but there was like a bit at the end, like his very last scene where he's just talking, and I was like, "Oh, we would have reshot that." I think that was just you would have reshot that. Yeah, just it, what the performance was not good. <laughs> okay, no, no, that's that fine. was just yeah. like that was just me. Like, I was like, I was like, I oh. think I think that was a deliberate choice, just because of what I know of what he, what happens to Colson as right. he develops, right? Um, because because then. He, yeah, he's built up in later in later things. Mm. He originally had a very small part in this film, um, but they, in fact, originally he wasn't even Agent Coulson. He was just called Agent in the first mm. version. But as filming went on, um, Clark Gregg, who's the actor who plays him, 
was um, had really good chemistry with the other cast members, particularly um, Gwyneth Paltrow plays yep. both the parts because they're all they were friends from high school. They were like Aww. oh from like their teenage years. I think yeah. they might have gone to the same acting school, but because his chemistry was so good with the other characters, they just kept adding more scenes for him to be in. Right. Okay. Um, so, so he only appeared in that like very first scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean and he was just started him. Yeah, because I mean yeah. it, for those who haven't seen the first few Marvel films as well. He appears as like the shield representative in all of them, right? So yeah, yeah. and um, there's even some shorts that that are set between the films that he appears in, hmm. where where you get a bit more of a sense of his character. And... But also, I'm just thinking. So he, he, his style is very, I'd say, naturalistic in, in in the way that he presents everything, which is maybe why you were like, I'd possibly reshoot that. But what what did you make of the? Um, the way the conversations were had in this film because we, we knew going into it that a lot mm. of the dialogue was semi-improvised and that it was kind of like oh we're just sort of getting the gist so like you know a lot of the scenes between pepper and tony are, are improvised yeah. to an extent how, how did that work for you as a first to be time? honest i think because i had read about it i was like looking for it mm. um but yeah i mean it, it it definitely comes across very naturalistic mm. um i didn't, didn't really see a like any issue with it like it has my approval no, no. Um, just, yeah. just that one shot with Colson you just that one bit was yeah. just it just seemed a little just not well acted not well acted but okay. but apart from that well but well, like the conversation um that they had on the plane where there was like a joke back and forth like that was that seemed like it was improvised but it mm. came across like really well yeah. um but yeah i think that's like a really brave choice to be like we're focusing on the story and the action and we'll just fill in the gaps. Apparently they didn't finish the script until like while they, the script wasn't finished, like while they were shooting it. Mm. Um, and they had lots of executives watching them being like, this is a waste of time. It was a waste of money. Mm. Um, so yeah. Interesting choice. I mean, they did spend $140 million on this film. So Ooh. yeah, they, they, they called it like the most expensive student film ever made. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, That's I mean, rough. But, I mean, uh, even if it was that, it's pretty enjoyable. Mm. Yeah, it is. And, you know, John Favreau's a pretty uh, good director, uh, slash uh, plays the bodyguard. Yeah. He's Tony's bodyguard. All oh, right. right, okay. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Does uh, he appear in all the films? He As the bodyguard, yeah. Yes, right. he does. At least, at least all, in all the Iron Man ones. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think he appears in any of the others, but he's in the Iron Man films. He had a good... He was he was good. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm just I'm just getting this checklist. Aaron likes John Favreau. Clark Gregg. We need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the the suit test sequences. Like they, they, they were quite fun. Where he's yeah. where Tony's just trying out the different like jet propulsion things and throwing himself into walls and. I just love that they um, anthropomorphize the robots. Yeah. Like you can just imagine the robot that has what's he called dummy mm. with um. The with the fi- yeah the fire uh, the, the extinguisher is like it's just like a, a puppy that's too excited yeah it's like just wants to help <laughs> um so he's testing the suits while he's testing the suits television's on and they're going oh there's a stark benefit tonight and he's like i wasn't invited to my own benefit thing so i'm going to turn up and be a bit naughty and cause some problems yeah. uh, and he turns up we have our stan lee cameo where he's um apparently playing hugh hefner mm-hmm. well the- he does have the velvet um uh, robe yeah so. and the and the ladies around him yeah yes one uh, of them does look like well, i was like maybe she is a playboy bunny mm. but i don't think she is oh who was the um there was like a woman right at the start when he's like getting on the red carpet mm. and she's like do you remember me and he's like 
No, was that a famous? I one? think that was just a throwaway oh, joke. Right. Yeah. I don't think okay. that's. I think yeah. I think that was just sort of referring to again how yeah. much of a playboy he is. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they have that conversation in the jeep at the start, where it's like, "Is it true that you managed to go for twelve for twelve with the the calendar, calendar girls?" Calendar. And he goes, "No, we never got March, but December was twins." Where it's just kind of like, you know, it's mm. funny because it's sexist. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but also establishes where he the started of, yeah. and yeah. where he ends up at the end of the, even at the end of the film where to the point where he develops a conscience, he sees all these people acting without consciences, people mm. like Obadiah Stone, um, and to the point where at the very end, when he's been given the alibi and the out to be like, okay, well, you know, you yeah, don't have a, to face repercussions. He says, I am Iron Man. He just says it to the world. Um, or even just on a smaller level where he's like, where Agent Coulson's giving him the the cover story of, yeah, you were at a party and we've got this many people saying that you were there, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, can we just say I was I was with Pepper? Yeah, yeah. It's like he's, he's maturing a bit. Yeah. Well, I think that's also his way of going, hey, 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 Pepper, mm. do you want to <laughs> do you want to go on a holiday together? Yeah. Which, you know, in fairness, you probably would after the events of the film. Yeah. You'd be like... Yeah. And so, in the, like, comic books, does the world know that Tony Stark is Iron Man? I have no idea. Um, I've I've never actually read in, the comics. In the Civil War, because I've only read about Iron Man in the Civil War sections, because mm-hmm. uh, I mainly read X-Men comics, mm. um, He they... They are aware, at, at least at the Civil War stage, that he is that he is Tony Stark. Okay. Um, because people go and petition him specifically to to like bring in some of the developments that that happen in Civil War. Um, yeah, I think he I think he is one of those ones that is like, no, nah, I'll just live with my identity. And yeah, because it makes it a bit different, like in terms of like you know, Superman, Spider Man, like you know, they've yeah. got aliases and things like that. Yeah. Well, also, I think the difference is he's someone who can afford to, to yeah. be that person. He's already notorious. Yeah, he's already notorious. And he's also rich. Yeah. So he can deal with that. Yeah, it's a bit like... Um, although, although, interestingly, I mean, the, the if you look at the, the DC opposite, which would be Batman. Batman, yeah. yeah. And the fact that Bruce Wayne isn't out in public and that his identity is a big deal. Mm. Um, I, I suppose it's... Yeah, yeah it, but it, Bruce Wayne's also just a killjoy. There is that, yeah. 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 Just a killjoy. A killjoy with a Batmobile. Yeah, Thank so. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, but yes. Um, so, as, essentially, the, the film sort of culminates to a point where we find out that Obadiah has been betraying Tony pretty much mm. from the very start of the film um, because he wants to take control and be in power. And it uh, culminates in, you know, we see Tony flying the suit around, uh, going back to the area where he was captured and freeing some refugees from some nasty insurgents from the ten rings and you know we see the suit in action and then he you know has a bit of a tangle with some uh u.s jet fighters um but nobody gets killed just a very expensive jet which he has to pay for yeah, but training exercise yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. technically he well, hit me <laughs> there, there are there are actually a lot of situations within uh, i think within history that 40 years we've found out oh no that wasn't just a training exercise they accidentally went into Russian airspace or whatever or went into the wrong airspace and that's why they're dead. <laughs> but in this case, it was it was Iron Man, so yeah. it was okay. Um, we, we basically culminate to a point where Obadiah incapacitates um, Tony with the para- sound paralysis device mm. um, and he steals his arc reactor from out of his chest because he needs a tiny arc reactor to run uh, the Iron Munger suit. And he also says, yeah, I've been betraying you this whole time. 
and now nothing's going to stop me. Ha 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 ha. Uh, Tony just about manages to crawl down the stairs and get himself the old arc reactor, which is still in a little box that Pepper mm. put there for because she's sentimental. Yeah, yeah. good job, Pepper. Um, yeah, and he's which able. Which just shows the the knickknack crap that you keep can sometimes save your life. Indeed. So yeah, if you want to start collecting bric-a-bracery now is a good time. Just be like, hey, mum, dad, significant other, yeah. whoever's complaining about all your knickknacks, mm. this could save my life. Just These like pop it's... vinyls might keep me alive <laughs> one day. Okay, so don't throw them out. Uh, but yeah, so uh, he he get the you know he suits up and he takes on the Iron Munger and they have a fight and it ends up on a rooftop and uh, Pepper manages to help override uh, or overload the arc reactor. Mm. Uh, Obadiah gets killed dead because uh, whilst farting around with his missiles because the aiming system's been <laughs> damaged. I still reckon he could have got him in too. He, he said like, don't move. Yeah. Or like, stop moving. And I was like, he's not moving. Yeah, like. he's hanging off the this this thing. It's just like, yeah. He, he, he's just not a great villain. We do also need to remember, this was the first time he was in that suit. Yeah. So he did pretty still, well. Yeah, yeah he's true. still Considering getting Tony used had to like freaking Yeah, Tony, Tony yeah. had, you know, well, we saw at least two, well, it, not not including the short the short little ones yeah. in his garage, two. Mm. Um, but it's probably spread over at least several weeks or something, whereas yeah. Obadiah. Okay, be, being a bit cr- harsh on you, Obadiah, you yeah. murderous yeah. weapon manufacturer. <laughs> but, but, you, okay, I'll be he did fair. a great job at the start, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the Ironmonger is defeated, uh, falls into the, art react- the giant art reactor and blows it up. But that's no big loss because we can make tiny art reactors mm. now, so yeah, it's all good. I feel sorry for half of California that went dark when that happened. Like, oh, that they was... It, was just an, it was just probably an EMP, mm. so they'll be fine. They'll get it back up. Yeah, and as we said before, it concludes with Tony revealing to the world's press, "I'm Iron Man," and sets it up mm. for the subsequent films. Where, in the, you know, like in the second film, we're seeing him dealing with the fact that everyone knows Tony Stark is Iron Man, um, yeah. and kind of not being phased by it in a way. <laughs> uh, mm. But the problems that that also does create for him. Um, but in terms of just this as a standalone film, um, did you enjoy it, Aaron? Ultimately, is it, it, it is it a good film? think so like it's in it's in an entertaining film mm. like i'm glad that i watched it okay that's a good um, sign because i think it's like especially like the marvel universe is like part of pop culture mm. um and so yeah as an exploration or an entry into the marvel universe i thought it was a good film okay and re-watching it for the first time in several years katrina um how does it stack up with your memory um it's about on par with my memory in terms of like yeah as Aaron said enjoyable and one of the better, I'm, I'm going to widen that comment, and one of the better su- superhero movies. Of, okay. Um, you know, com- comparing it to the first three X-Men, which were, they were good, bit cheesy. Mm. Uh, whereas this one, it takes that cheese element and plays with it and actually makes it a strength rather than a weakness, okay. I think. Cool. Yeah. And just just for a rough idea for the audience at home, do you have a favourite Marvel film? Um, no, probably not because I haven't seen. I don't think I've seen enough of them. Okay. Is Deadpool considered Marvel? It's, I can't remember. It's. I don't think. Well, it's not Marvel Studios because it's yeah. Fox Studios, but it's it's like it's, it's half there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably. 
probably the first Avengers okay. film or one of or the or the second um, Captain America. Okay. Yeah. I yeah, they're, I think they're good choices. I mean, for mm. me, having done a big rewatch over the last year or so, I would probably say that the maybe the first Guardians film, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, um, that's yeah. just that's just a really enjoyable film. Although I will just say, if we're including TV shows, mm. Agent Carter, hands down. Yeah, yeah. Just because of Hayley Atwell. Yeah, Hayley Atwell is the best. Yes. Um, yes. You, so. need to, you need to see that. Aaron. I will watch it, yeah. yeah. Watch Captain America first, because otherwise you'll have no context. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then watch it. And then you'll watch it, you'll you'll love um, Hayley Atwell, and then you'll go, why haven't Hayley Atwell and Billy Piper played sisters or something in, in something? Because oh, yeah. they're quite similar. This is something that Ellen, who's frequently on the podcast... Yeah. She, lo- she loves Billy Piper and she loves Hayley Atwell and she realised they had a similar look and is now determined that they play siblings and right, something. Okay. So. Has she written to them yet? Um, well, she has met Billy Piper, so Did I don't she know. mention yeah. it? I, possibly. No, I, I think she met Billy Piper quite a few years ago. Yeah, it This was. is probably before... Before Peggy, uh, before Agent yeah. Carter. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll have to arrange a meeting then and <laughs> yes, sort it out. Yes, we will. Would you guys like some trivia? <laughs> yes, yes, please. please. Excellent. Okay. Um, Paul Bettany, who provided the voice of Jarvis, who mm. I just realised we never spoke about, but he's not... Oh, yeah. Jarvis as a character is not really a massive part of this film. Yeah, it's not, more just, not until... Um, well, Avengers the second film. two. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when he actually point. becomes yeah. embodied. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's spoilers for like ten Stay films tuned. from now, so yeah. you're all good. Um, but Paul Bettany had uh, has never actually seen the film and is unfamiliar with the plot. Mm. Uh, Jarvis was the easiest job he ha- he ever had and said it was almost like a robbery because he worked for two hours and got paid a lot of money. He just went into a studio for two hours, recorded the voices, and went home. Good He's, on your son. He says yeah. that he spent most of that like, he spent that money on a vacation with his wife, who is Jennifer Connolly. So, oh, that oh, mm. oh I didn't know they were married. Yeah, well, mm. there you go. And they had a nice holiday thanks to Jarvis. So yeah. there you go. Well, he earned his money in other ways, like you know, Master and Commander having to do with Russell Crowe. To avoid spoilers about the final press conference, the extras were told that that was a dream sequence where Tony reveals that he's Iron Man. Mm. So, yeah, that's probably a smart way around that. They certainly got up very quickly in a very comical way. Yeah. (laughs) So, to avoid spoilers to the wider public or to to them so they get a good reaction? I guess to the the wider public. I think it was more just kind of like, oh, yeah, we're just having some fun here. Ha, 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 ha. It's like Robert. They should have just said it's just improv. For that kind of of thing, I don't sit, particularly for something like Iron Man, which, and, and, you know, maybe I am remembering Iron Man, the comics wrong, and Tony Stark's identity is hidden, and that's a completely new thing, but I'm pretty sure it's not. Mm. And so it seems kind of an odd thing to hide. Yeah. Like, I understand hiding... You know whether the Ironmonger is involved, or I, I guess whichever. it was more that with your traditional superhero films at that point, you didn't reveal the identity. Yeah, you know? yeah and I think maybe they were just kind of like, yeah. Well, I found that refreshing. So there, there we go. go. Yeah. So that's the. Uh, John Favreau wanted Robert Downey Jr. to play Tony Stark because he felt the actor's past was right for the part. He yeah. commented, uh, the best and worst moments of Robert's life have always been in the public eye. He mm-hmm. had to find an inner balance to overcome obstacles that went far beyond his career. That's Tony Stark. Robert brings a depth that goes beyond a comic book character having trouble in high school or someone who can't get the girl. Which, yeah. yeah. Uh, he also said that he felt Danny could make uh, Stark, quote, a likable asshole. So, yeah. it, tick. Yeah. yeah. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it is pretty good. We, we need to go back to you, the comment you made saying that this is what put 
Robert Downey Jr. back on the map mm-hmm. as an actor. It actually wasn't. It wasn't? Yeah, I was having a look at his list mm. of films just before um, uh, before Iron Man. And although, yes, this prob- Iron Man probably meant that he had a lot more of a secure future, but he was already coming back. Mm. 2005, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang with oh, Val yeah. Kilmer. Of course. And Good Night, Good Luck. Is he in that? Yeah, apparently. Okay. He's, well, it's on his IMDb list. Okay, I haven't, I haven't um, seen that one. Yeah, neither have I. Still need to see it. Mm. But two, just in that one year, two very well-received films. Mm. Okay. Um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is amazing and it's great. Mm. Um, and and there was a couple of other ones. So he was he was already, it was probably like mid-way on the, back up the hill. Mm. Mm. I always really like him in Sherlock Holmes. Oh yeah, I and really then love those films. Yeah. I'm really sad they stopped making them, but that's because his Sherlock Holmes wasn't that great. I love it. <laughs> wasn't that great? Yeah, but Jude Law as Watson. I mean, yes, come yes, on. the combo was good. Yeah, but the oh, yeah. The, the problem plot was, of was, the second one. Oh. The problem was Benedict Cumberbatch turned up. Yes, and yeah. did just a really fun Sherlock adaption. Everyone went, yeah. let's watch that instead. Um, in an interview with Britain's Empire magazine, Robert Downey Jr. thanked Burger King for getting him straight in 2003. Uh, yeah. He was in a car uh, that was full of drugs. He had a burger that was so disgusting it made him rethink his life. And he dumps the drugs in the ocean. Um, he repeats this with his impromptu sit-down scene at the press upon his return from captivity. That's why it's also a Burger King burger. Yeah. One, sponsorship, but two, it's actually sort yeah. of directly connected to him. That's kind of cool. Yeah, making a new life choice. I also really liked when he got out of the car, he was like wiping him, his mouth with mm. the Burger King wrapper. I just thought it was a really nice touch. That yeah. was a good acting choice there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah good yeah. continuity. Apparently in, what is it? It's in Avenger, the first Avengers. Um, I don't know how true this is, but... Robert Downey Jr. would hide food around the set to the point where Joss Whedon, the director, had to just give up on telling him off for eating whilst on a shot and just go with it. I feel like he's he's an actor that's always eating. Like, I seem to recall him eating a lot in yeah. Sherlock Holmes as well. I feel like he's an actor that he's like, you're going to tell me off for this? Can, yeah. I, can I get away with it? It's like uh, Brad Pitt was pretty much constantly eating in a lot of the films he does mm. uh you know things like fight club he was always eating um and that's just you know maybe they're just hungry oceans yeah. 11 he's always eating as yeah. well but i thought that was a character choice no it was a, Pitt, a snacker Brad Pitt's a snacker he's a snacker obadiah stone plays on the piano a musical piece written by 18th century composer antonio salieri uh when he's oh. in the house and salieri is best known as being the jealous rival of Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart and is said yeah. to have murdered Mozart, although historical record has proven that on the contrary, both had collaborated on and promoted each other's work and it was unlikely he would have murdered him. Um, it's it's a really good parallel of the relationship yeah. between Stark and Stone. Right. Yeah, the the historical accuracy of that relationship I've I've heard is quite dodgy. But it's just it's yeah. it's ingrained. It's one of those things that's ingrained in culture. Yeah. It's like if you've got someone who's brilliant but not the best, they're mm. they're the Salieri. Mm. You know, it's like um it's like in tennis, uh, with uh, when you've got uh, Roger Federer there. Rafael Nadal is always going to be the Salieri of tennis. I know even less about tennis than I do about <laughs> classical music. Okay, uh, I will move on. I then. mainly know about Salieri, Salieri because of the film Amadeus. Fair enough. Uh, which it, 
You should both watch. Oh, maybe maybe we should add that on the list. To the podcast? Yeah. No, we'll add it on. That would be a good one. It took approximately 17 years to get this film into development. Oh Originally, Universal Pictures wanted to produce the film in 1990. They later sold the rights to 20th Century Fox. Fox then sold it to New Line Cinema. And finally, Marvel Studios decided, we're going to handle our own thing. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that it just took this long. And there were other directors attached to it. There was, uh, you know, in the late 90s, Quentin Tarantino was linked to doing the Iron Man film. A bit later on, Tom Cruise was potentially going to be, like, playing Iron Man and also in charge of the project. So glad he wasn't. Yeah. It would be interesting. I think it would be interesting to see Quentin Tarantino try and do what is technically a family film. Hmm. And if that would have been possible for him. Um, Potentially. I, I doubt it, but I'm yeah. just going to say, you know, potentially he could, he could maybe, 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 maybe just about done it. Maybe. If he had a really strict mm. assistant director who's mm. like, no, Quentin, mm. we shouldn't be saying the N-word in front of children. Mm. <laughs> we shouldn't be splattering the camera. <laughs> this is going to be shown to seven-year-olds. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, Rachel McAdams was John Favreau's first choice to play Pepper Potts, but she turned down the role. She would later appear in another Marvel film, though, uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, is she? I haven't mm. seen Doctor Strange yet. Yeah, well, she's in that. She's. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure she's not Doctor Strange. I think that's Benny Cumbers again. Yes, it is, because yes. there's an issue of whitewashing within that film. Ah, yes, And within course. that, uh, I believe within that character. Yes. I think that was what was coming up. But conversation about that. We'll get to Doctor Strange yeah. when it comes up on the podcast. <laughs> um, I thought we should finish with some of the other actors that were considered to play Tony Stark. Mm. So just a just simple yes, no. These are um, a few of the actors that were considered. So we've already had Tom Cruise and we've gone not interested. Okay. Hugh Jackman. He'd already no. done... Where, I guess it depends. Would this have been post-Wolverine that he yeah. was considered? Yeah, he'd have already. He wouldn't have the time. You can't cross. Although, although we got you know Captain America, Chris was it Chris Evans? Chris Evans, yeah. yeah. He was also he, he originally played in the Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. And although there was that, I kind of ignore the Fantastic mm. Four as being yeah rubbish. And you've got a uh, Deadpool um, guy, uh, Ryan Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was originally not only was he a different version of Deadpool in that terrible Wolverine film. But he was also the Green Lantern. Was he? No, he wasn't Deadpool in the Wolverine film. Mm. He was Gambit. No, 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 that was someone else. Yeah, with the mouth sewn up. He he was Deadpool. Was he? Yeah. Oh. Because he then he make jokes about it in all the Deadpool promotional material, essentially saying, "I'm going to do it right this time." That kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, I don't remember that. <laughs> so no to Hugh Jackman. You don't reckon? No. Um, he's too nice. And to be honest, I feel like we already got. Uh, Hugh Jackman as a playboy in Flushed Away. I don't think he'd be able to, to top I that. I haven't seen that. He's although, a very although it's... Because I was thinking just then, that I was like, Hugh Jackman just can't play an asshole. I'm like, no, actually he can, because I saw him I saw it in Zodiac. I thought you were going to say The Greatest Showman. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. I kind of refuse to see that, because yeah. again issues with how people deal with history <laughs> so no to hugh uh clive owen maybe do you know who that is no uh played king arthur in the 2004 yeah uh, one with film. kira knightley no um, idea it's it's a pretty bad film okay. but it's it's enjoyable but it's enjoyable because it's not great 
he was he was one of he was in the what's the Matt Damon film where he's a spy? Oh God, know, there's like twenty of them. Born Identity. He was in the first <laughs> Born Identity. He was the main guy trying to kill uh, Jason Bourne. Um, what else has he been in? Well, for the listeners at home, I am mm. showing Aaron a picture of Clive Owen. Right. Don't know him? No. That's okay. They didn't cast him. Uh, he looks a bit... Yeah. yeah he, he, hasn't, he hasn't got enough humour. He's probably younger than Robert Downey oh, Jr. Oh, really? Well, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. aged well. Yeah. Or, or at the very least, he's the same age. Well, now I'm going to find that one out. Yeah. <laughs> or he's a similar age. Yes. Uh, Clive Owen was born in 1964, so that makes him 53 as things currently stand. <laughs> and Robert Downey Jr. I'm pretty sure he's older. Was born in 1965. He's two years younger. Oh, okay. So there you go. That's so sim- still very similar age. Mm. And the final actor we have on this list, Nicholas Cage. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. was this pre or post Ghost Rider? Uh, around a, uh, it was one year after, but they so it w- it would have been basically do Ghost Rider or do Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. It would oh. be really cool to see some, like, screen tests of all these people. Like, yes, it would. I mean, you can see the Robert Downey Jr. screen test. Those have been released. Really? Yeah. Um, and they're pretty good. But I can imagine the screen test for Robert Downey Jr. wouldn't be that dissimilar to what we've seen on screen. Mm. Not just not because I don't think he's worked at his character. I just... Well, actually, no. I, d- I don't think he's worked at his character. <laughs> I, think, I think he's taken the first yeah. shot. I think, yeah. yeah, I think they just went... Who's and it was pretty good. Who's <laughs> an actor that's like Tony Stark? Robert Downey Jr.? Good. Done. Done. Yeah. Sign the deal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, we maybe dodged a bullet with old man Nicky Cage Although, there. Nicholas Cage occasionally has great moments. They are few and far between. You, you have to wear this. Nicholas Cage is not just in this film. He's in like six other Marvel films that come up. See. Oh, as, it, it, if he as was a Tony potential. Stark. If he was Tony Stark, yeah. like, can you imagine him in the Avengers? Like, you've got still the rest of the cast as they are, but you've got yeah. Nicolas Cage there. See, I think he could... Mm. I'm bringing the party to you! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it works. No, not quite. Or I think if he was, Tony Stark would have been a, a more background character, which obviously doesn't really work mm. with the kind of character he is. I can't imagine Nicolas Cage opposite Gwyneth Paltrow. No. I mean, I can. I'm not enjoying it, which is no, why I, I have I. stopped. It's weird. So, let's score the film. And Aaron, uh, as you, this was your first time watching it, you get to go first. Oh, what gosh. score would you give Iron Man out of 10? Oh, out of 10. Okay. Um, 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10? Yeah. Yeah. Entertaining. It was, it was an entertaining film. Yeah. I think that's, that's yeah. worthy of a 7 out of 10. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Katrina? 7 out of 10... Um, Tin can robots. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's as Aaron said, it's it's a perfectly good film. It's entertaining. There are a couple of choices that I I, I was like, oh, maybe they could have done better. But and yeah, maybe the plot could have been a bit shorter. Mm. But on the whole, I wouldn't change much. No, I think that's fair. Mm. I'm gonna complete this trifactor of sevens yeah. I, I think it is yes. maybe like one of the most seven out of ten films i've ever seen yeah, yeah. Um, where yeah. it's like i enjoyed this i'm not going to complain about seeing this film I, even the second time watching it it's fine but it's it like they, they, they've gotten better at yeah it definitely it. gave them somewhere to improve from like it was a good starting point hmm. um but it's i'm glad that they've improved 
yeah, so for me, I'm I'm going to have to give it um, seven retractable stripper poles <laughs> out of ten. Uh, Aaron and Katrina, thank you very much for reviewing Iron Man with me. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, Stephen. And Aaron, I can only assume that you're going to go from this straight to Avengers: Infinity War. Yes. <laughs> Watch the other films. Yeah. Okay. I will watch Agent Carter. That sounds fun. Okay. We've got him, guys. We've got him hooked. Uh, Thank you very much for listening in uh, at home. Uh, For those of you who would like more episodes, uh, do you want 53? We've got them. Uh, Go go find them at iTunes or at SoundCloud. Just search for The Cinema Catch-Up Club. We are also on Facebook. You can find us there for more updates, information, and to vote in polls about certain films that we'll review. Just search for The Cinema Catch-Up Club on Facebook and we're on Patreon. You can become an official member of the club and get some extra bonus content. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club and Patreon or go to the web address patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. But that's all for this week. So until next time. I am Iron Man. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com. Aaron Vanderclay, what are you doing here? I don't know. <laughs> have you heard about the Avengers Initiative? What's this? It's a post-credit scene. Ah! It's a Marvel film, so we have to do a post-credits uh, bit of the podcast uh, where we're going to talk about the that post credit scene. And and the fact that Aaron didn't know about the post credit yeah, scene. Yeah, I had no idea it was coming. So you're that much I would have left. You're that much I'm a film of a person Marvel and I was like, I'm gonna not sit in the virgin. <laughs> that much of a Marvel yeah. virgin yeah. that you didn't know. I didn't know. Well, okay, so I feel because this is a post credit scene mm. and we can like tease in the Marvel world, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they always tease something that's coming up. Yeah. So I think we should both tease some information about other Marvel films. Uh, oh, to, to, to Aaron. Aaron. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So um, via lines would be good. Uh, like I think maybe just like a plot element or yeah, something like that. Okay. Okay. Would you like to tease um, something from Thor or Captain America? Captain America, because I haven't seen Thor. Or okay. I've only seen the first Thor. Okay. I'll I'll tease something from Thor. Yeah. And you can tease something from okay, Captain America. Okay. You go first, because I can't think of anything. Okay. <clears throat> I also can't think of anything. So okay. I'm just taking a really hot old guy. Um, Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> no. Oh, no, really hot old guy. Um, although he's not old at first. Uh, defeats Hitler. Kind of. Right. Okay. Defeats Hitler that. slash Elrond. Okay. Hitler. Actual Hitler. Hitler has a cameo in this film? Not exactly, but mm. yeah. Right, okay. Hitler's representatives, I guess. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> the dancing. <laughs> my, uh, my, my Thor um, yep. uh, compare- uh, preview, yeah. little sneak peek. Um, <clears throat> Magic Hammer and the most amazing abs ever recorded on film. <laughs> With terrible hair. Doesn't matter, those abs. <laughs> terrible hair, though. And a Magic Hammer, though. <laughs> and lots of smashed coffee cups. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, really good uh, smashed coffee cups and good humor. I enjoyed this. 
smash. I want some more. Yes. Okay. Well, that has enticed me to follow more strands of the Marvel universe. Yeah. And then and then you can go onto Tumblr and Pinterest and Reddit and read all the fan theories and all the random fan stuff. Good lord. That is potentially some of it is potentially funnier than the actual films. Right. That fanfic. Mm. That slash. No, not even fanfic. Just like little cartoons that people do and just jokes that people make out of it. Mm. I mean, once you get to the Steve Bucky stuff, though, you're going to be there for a while. (gasps) Yes. Yes. mm. Can I just say, I think Captain America is maybe like the the worst of all the Marvel superheroes. His first film is? No, no, no. As in, as a character. As a character. Yeah. Because he's too pure. Right. Well, not only that, he's an idiot. Like, so? well, basically, the whole time I was watching Civil War, it's basically Captain America, no, Captain America, justice. That's basically what it is, and it's like he's very stubborn and won't change his viewpoint. A bit all. like America itself, exactly. Perhaps. Particularly in the nineteen forties. <laughs> I know, but he's been out of the nineteen forties for ages. He can't keep making excuses. He's got an iPod. He knows what to do. Lots of people have been out of the 1940s for yeah. a very long time. They haven't changed. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But still, I just... The whole time watching that film, and it's like, we're meant to be setting this up as like, oh, it's a really difficult choice. And it's like, it really isn't. Tony's bang on the money in this one. So, I mean, Tony also is problematic for lots of other reasons, mm. but at least he's a character that shows like development and growth, where Captain America is just like, oh, I have to stay doing this thing. And also the fact that he, like, he makes out with the granddaughter of another character in a completely superfluous and needless way. Yeah. Which was kind of just like, oh no, you needed to leave that attitude back in the 1940s. I think you're looking at the Civil War debate hmm. uh, in a bit too one-dimensional way. Well, yeah, but I it's... Think, I, think it's, I think it's much greater than that. Oh, no, the actual debate is, but just yeah. in terms of like the individual characters, mm. I think having Captain America as the figurehead of that side of the debate... Does not help it whatsoever. It it makes sense because he's from the nineteen forties, and yeah, I I think I'm looking at it more from a comic mm. book perspective, where in the end he actually gives up. Okay, well, but you see yeah. that that I would actually kind of respect more. But I I only have the cinematic yeah versions in, to yeah. deal with. So yeah, yeah. you know, from a purely um, cinematic text, it's just kind of like this this character. Just but, yeah, but that also makes sense because he's from the 1940s, and and he's and 1940s America or like more 1930s America, hmm. very pro uh, small government. Yeah, pro pro independence, pro non interference, yeah. that kind of thing, and it does yeah. make sense in that respect. It doesn't help the fact he shouldn't be macking out with that person's granddaughter, though. Yeah, that's a that's another issue. That was that was just like, <laughs> no, thank you. And also, he recruited Ant Man. I mean, like I like Ant Man, but it's just like you, you're really scraping the barrel here. Yeah, you take what you got. Uh, he he did the granddaughter. Oh. And that's all for you. Look credits. so confused, Aaron. <laughs> Ant Man. Yeah, yeah. That's another one I haven't seen. Although I've heard it's quite good. I, I'm not going to comment. I don't want to. Oh, okay. I don't want to spoil okay. it just in case we do it in the okay. future. But yeah, that's your post-credit scene. Uh, Aaron and Katrina will return in doo, doo. another podcast. Do do maybe four. in a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. Do do. <laughs> bye. Yeah. Bye. bye. <laughs>